We do. Yes, we do. I look at services and I see, I, I could almost visualize coronavirus. The CDC has issued a travel advisory telling everyone living in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut to avoid all non-essential travel for the next two weeks. New Yorkers have been told that when they're traveling to Rhode Island, they will be stopped and asked to quarantine. The governors of Oklahoma and Texas are now telling travelers from other states that have hotspots that if you enter our state, you are ordered to self-quarantine for two weeks. Understand that executive orders that issue about travel is keenly focused on one main goal, and that is to reduce importing COVID-19 into the state of Texas. One of the main hotspots this morning continues to be New Orleans, Louisiana. They have 3,500 cases in Louisiana, with at least 151 deaths. One of those who died was 33-year-old April Dunn, a member of the governor's staff. We are, have case growth that's on a trajectory right now that puts us uh, in great danger uh, in about a week, 10 days, not having the ventilator capacity we need. To Michigan now, where the number of coronavirus cases is doubling nearly every three days. Detroit is converting its convention center into a 900-bed medical site. In Illinois, officials are investigating the death of an infant who was infected with COVID-19. The governor says he is still waiting for thousands of ventilators that he asked the federal government to send his state. We're not relying upon that. We're just out in the market acquiring any piece of ventilator equipment that we can. Over the weekend, California's governor says his state received 170 ventilators from the national stockpile, but they were broken, so he's hoping to get them repaired and up and working today. Tony, I want you to know in the conversation I had with Louisiana's governor, he said, David, listen, we don't want to get into a fight with anyone, but we are fighting other states for the same resources. And he said, I'm simply trying to prepare just like I would for a hurricane. And that's what this is. We do need to prepare, and it is a fight, David. Thank you very much. In spite of that fight, in spite of everything that we're doing to slow down this virus, it is still outpacing the resources available to treat it. And that led President Trump to extend the government's social distancing guidelines. Weijia Zhang reports from the White House where the president recently gave up on his target date to lift restrictions. Oh, we had a an aspiration of Easter. President Trump says he was simply being hopeful when he repeatedly touted reopening the country by Easter last week. But when you hear these kind of numbers and you hear the potential travesty, that was an aspirational number. According to Dr. Anthony Fauci, 100 to 200,000 Americans could die from the coronavirus. If we do not mitigate to the extent that we're trying to do, then you could reach that number. Fauci and others had cautioned against lifting restrictions too early. The president already has a new timeline. We can expect that by June 1st, we will be well on our way to recovery. Mr. Trump also questioned why some hospitals are asking for so many masks. How do you go from 10 to 20 to 300,000? 10 to 20,000 masks to 300,000, even though this is different. Something's going on. Where are the masks going? Are they going out the back door? President Trump also claimed hospitals may be hoarding ventilators, but there's no evidence for either claim. The number of confirmed cases nationally has risen dramatically, up almost five times from what it was a week ago. For CBS This Morning, Weijia Jiang, The White House.
Dr. Deborah Burks is in the White House. She's at the Coronavirus Response Coordinator working on this pandemic. Dr. Burks, it's very good to see you. Listen, I think many people were very relieved that the president decided to extend the deadline. What exactly did you all see that made you know that, listen, April, while it may have been aspirational Easter, it was not a good idea. So what are you seeing that convinced him to extend it? Well, we're constantly integrating data from the global pandemic as well as what's happening in the United States. And we can see in Italy that as you flatten the curve, the duration at the top of the peak lengthens also. And so we can really project as best we can about what's happening in New York to the rest of the country. Certainly we're hoping that there aren't more New York cities and New York metro areas around the country, but we have to plan for that and we have to really tell the American people that they have to do more to stay inside, to wash their hands, to social distance, and to assume that other people are infected even if they look asymptomatic. So, Doctor, what exactly do you need to see? Because it's gone from mid-April to now the end of April. What exactly do you all need to see that will let you know it's okay to lift social distancing? So by the time you're seeing cases in the hospital, we believe that it has gone from five to 50 to 500 to 5,000 and potentially even 50,000. That's the part we don't know. How many asymptomatic mild cases are there to every hospitalization case? And that's what we're going to be working on in the rest of the country that doesn't have these huge metro hotspots to be able to do surveillance at the same time we're supporting the metro areas and other areas to do full diagnosis and treatment. You know, we keep emphasizing social distancing. A lot of people still are not getting this memo. They're still on the beach. Over the weekend, we saw churches in Florida where the ministers were saying we're not going to be intimidated. They're shaking hands. The congregation is shoulder to shoulder. Do you think we have to have an official federal mandate? Because just asking people does not seem to be working in many places. Well, I think the president's made it clear what the guidelines are and the expectation that every state and local government will look at this closely and do two things. Ensure that that's applying to their population. And secondly, prepare every region, every county, every hospital for a contingency plan if they get this kind of doubling of five to 50 to 500 to 5,000 to 50,000. We want every place in the United States prepared for that. So it's a critical that even if you don't see it, it could be circulating in your community. The president also still seems to be questioning the, the request for the number of masks and the number of ventilators. We just heard him say in Regis piece, it goes from 10 to 20 to 300,000. He says, where are all the masks going? Are you questioning what the hospitals are saying that they need? I think what's really important here is to look at all aspects of the supply chain. What does each hospital have and how are they being supplied? Are they being supplied by the private sector or are they relying on the pre-movement of the stockpile that went into warehouses? It doesn't help any of us, and I know everyone realizes that, to have supplies there and not reaching the hospital. And I think that's the piece, we, we have to get that piece right. And we're looking to make sure that the hospitals are too busy to define what they need. It is our job collectively, the state and local governments, along with us, to ensure that the hospitals are receiving the supplies they need. Is it concerning to you, though, that the president seems to doubt what governors are telling them that they need? 
I think we're watching every single piece of data extraordinarily carefully. And we'll be able, when this is over, we'll be able to really have a flu pandemic plan that really takes all of this into account, where we can actually predict what the needs were. I mean, the stockpile was created to predict what the extra need was. Clearly, there wasn't enough in the stockpile to really meet the needs of all of America. And so really increasing the manufacturing what is, that has happened and make sure that from manufacturing to hospitals that this is happening, that hospitals are getting what they need and that's what we're working on every day. All right, Dr. Deborah Burks, we all know this is all hands on deck. We thank you very much for your time. Anthony? Thank you. All right, thanks, Gail. A growing number of doctors and nurses say the pandemic is stretching our health care system to the brink of disaster. Our national correspondent, Jerika Duncan, has talked to health care workers on the front lines. Jerika, one doctor says he was actually fired for speaking up. It was like working in a war zone with limited resources. 40-year-old Dr. Arabia Millet is an emergency physician at two hospitals serving low-income communities in New York City. She says she took this video inside Brooklyn's Brookdale University Hospital Medical Center. A pediatric ER has been turned into a makeshift isolation room using plastic tape from the ceiling to the floor to help protect nurses and doctors from COVID-19. We're fighting for your lives, but we also fighting for our lives too. We are also scared. Some are so scared and so frustrated, they have taken to social media to vent. Dr. Ming Lin is an ER doctor who worked for a hospital outside of Seattle through a contractor. He says he was fired after sharing his concerns about healthcare worker safety on Facebook. His employer, physician contractor Team Health, said in a statement that it has not terminated Dr. Lin. A lot of us are intimidated from talking. A lot of us, you know, choose to remain anonymous. It's because our voice is suppressed. Everywhere you turn, the emotional toll this pandemic is taking on medical professionals is palpable. Diana Lake is an ER doctor in Maryland. She's taking extreme measures to protect her family. I've cried many days. I haven't seen my children in 13 days. They're with my ex-husband, and basically we're concerned for having them around me because I don't know what I'm bringing home every day. I reached out to my therapist and said, I need you again because this is hard. This is tough. I don't want to carry this burden on me. So I'm not ashamed of that because this is a part of mental health. I am no different from the next person. And at the end there, you just heard from Dr. Arabia Millet. Now, just to give you perspective about how real this is for some of these doctors, uh, Dr. Millet said several, several people in her family have contracted COVID-19, including her mother, who's a nurse. She says her mom was in the hospital for two weeks. Thankfully, she's now at home recovering, but this is what these nurses and these doctors are dealing with, as they said, not just trying to save the people who come in their lives, but also knowing that they too could be infected and are highly likely to be infected, and then hearing that their loved ones are being infected all while this pandemic is happening in real time. Yeah, Drika, it's important to keep in mind it's the very definition of courage, and we thank all those on the front lines. Thank you very much, Drika. And of course, this is a global crisis, so the number of coronavirus victims around the world continues to soar. This morning, Spain, for example, has more reported cases than China, and globally, more than 34,000 patients 
have died, and there are now growing concerns about the virus spreading in developing countries. Our Charlie Daggett has shown us how other parts of the world are coping. This is what it looks like when a nation of 1.3 billion goes into lockdown. Social distancing out of the question in India as thousands of now jobless workers made a mass exodus back to their villages. In South Africa's poorest communities, soldiers ordered people home in no uncertain terms. As the coronavirus takes aim at some developing parts of the world with potentially devastating consequences. But in hard-hit Italy, one sliver of optimism. Although another 756 people died from the virus, the numbers there continue to trend downward. The dead have been stacking up so quickly, priests in the north have had to conduct mass funerals, coffins carried by forklifts onto military trucks for burial, death on an industrial scale. Oh my God! Possibility to talk to their loved ones without anyone who could comfort them. Oh! Spain's death toll continued to surge. Patients in overwhelmed hospitals spill into hallways. And in Hubei, China, once the epicenter for the virus, life is returning to normal after the province reported its sixth straight day with no new cases. Now, here in the UK, the death toll has now reached more than 1,200. Many people asking how much longer can this go on? Well, this sobering assessment from British health officials, things may not be back to normal for another six months. Gail? Thank you very much, Charlie Jagger, reporting from London. It is now 7.18, time to check your local weather. Good morning, I'm meteorologist Cheetah Craft. Let's talk about the chance for a few showers today. I'm expecting accumulation less than a quarter of an inch, but notice midday through your afternoon. Now this is really light rain, so I don't think it's going to be a complete washout today. I just don't want you to be caught off by surprise. We have a cold front that's going to push through that will help to drop your humidity and your temperatures for Tuesday and Wednesday.
it is the immune protect producing cells they're the antibody producing cells and there also are the direct killing cells we call them t killer cells so we want to know how do we boost all of those cells in our body so that we can fight off things better well the things that are most important are sleep getting regular sleep that is scheduling it then getting the proper nutrition and you want it individualized yourself so we know a multivitamin for seven days after a vaccine helps increase the take rate the success of the vaccine but you want that nutrition personalized do you need vitamin d do you need other things vitamin c will those help you and then the third thing is a little exercise maybe a little more than normal but not excessive excessive exercise like a marathon decreases your immunity for about three weeks after it so even if you've got more time do a little more than normal, but not an excessive amount. Um, the, the next thing is managing stress. So stress impedes our immune system. And in fact, painkillers impede our immune system. So you don't wanna do excessive painkillers if you don't need them. All right, Dr. Boysen, fantastic advice. And I think uh, everyone's definitely listening because you go to a store, you go online to try to find vitamin C or some of the other ones you mentioned, it's hard to find. So I hope they're able to find it if that's what they want to do. Take care, stay healthy. Right now it's age 26. Up next, an in-depth, all right, an in-depth look at our rights and responsibilities while the stay-at-home orders are in fact. Stay with us. A new Hyundai between now and April 30th will cover your payments for up to six months in the event you lose your job this year due to COVID-19. Plus, 0% APR financing to well-qualified buyers on select vehicles with deferred payments for four months. Hyundai Assurance. Do you worry about going to the dentist? What I really mean is, do you worry about how expensive going to the dentist can be? After all, dental bills can be pretty scary. A visit to the dentist could easily cost $1,000, $2,000 or more. Well, relax. The Carefree Dental Card is now available in your area. Call the number on your screen and we'll send your actual card at no cost today. With the Carefree Dental Card, you go to the dentist whenever you need and you instantly pay a lot less. Call the number on your screen and we'll send your card with your name on it. Activate your card and you can start using it immediately. You can even see the dentist the same day. From exams and cleanings to more expensive procedures like crowns, dentures, even braces, they're all included with the Carefree Dental Card. Just show your card, save your money. Say you go to the dentist today without any card and your bill is, well, ouch. Wait a minute, let's try that again. You go to the dentist today and you show your Carefree Dental Card. You save $525. Now that's much better. The Carefree Dental Card is just $15.95 a month. So call now and make going to the dentist carefree. Call 1-800-458-5544 now to receive your Carefree Dental Card and free plan information. Plus see how you can also receive vision and pharmacy benefits at no additional cost. Call 1-800-458-5544. 1-800-458-5544. That's 1-800-458-5544. Don't wait. Call now. It's not enough to help him take his first step. It's not enough that she can hear her own voice. It's not enough to reduce her recovery time, deliver breakthrough therapies, or pioneer minimally invasive procedures. Don't worry. 
if the people we treat aren't treated as people. Such a good job. Yeah. Memorial Herman, advancing health, personalizing care. A strong immune system can make you less vulnerable. Glutadose Wellness is a breakthrough liquid formula composed of glutathione, vitamin C, and zinc, all working at the cellular level. Glutadose may help boost your immune system so you can be at your best health. Take one vial a day and enjoy feeling protected. Get Glutadose on Amazon today. You buy or lease a new Hyundai between now and April 30th. We'll cover your payments for up to six months in the event you lose your job this year due to COVID-19. Plus, 0% APR financing to well-qualified buyers on select vehicles with deferred payments for four months. Hyundai Assurance. From the Fox 26 studios, this is Houston's Morning Show. Hello once again, everybody, and good morning. Thank you for joining us uh, for Houston's Morning Show. I'm Chris Abraham. And I'm Melissa Wilson. We are all in our own homes today. It is remarkable to see what we've been able to pull off. I still can't believe it. Let's check in with meteorologist Mike Iskovitz to talk about the weather. And Mike, you have everything you need right there in the comforts of home to be able to tell us what to expect. Mm-hmm. The wonders of technology. Uh, it really is amazing. And, you know, what's also been amazing is just how unusually warm it's been during the month of March. I know not a lot of you probably noticed, but if you haven't kept up with the actual numbers, you wouldn't know really how much above normal we are. So I want to show you the high temperatures from yesterday. And that 81 degree reading on Galveston Island was a record for the day and when you look at all of the temperatures that we've had so far this march we're going to end up finishing as the number one warmest march on record for galveston and at least one of the top two or three warmest marches on record for houston as well increasing humidity today with storms especially toward the north uh, but some nice weather on the way for the middle part of this week we're definitely warmer this morning than we were yesterday about 11 to 13 degrees warmer now than we were this time yesterday and check out temperatures they're in the middle 60s to the north, very humid middle 70s to the south with showers moving into the area from the west. Now this is light stuff. Some drizzles just moving in from the west, so uh, nothing to worry about too much, but it is going to make for some wet roadways if you are an essential worker and you have to head out there on Interstate 45, North Freeway, or the East Tex Freeway 290 as well. Scattered showers, and especially to the north, we got to keep an eye out late in the day today for the chance for some thunderstorms and a couple of strong ones north of um, Huntsville. Overnight tonight, look at this, a cold front comes in. Uh, it'll approach us and move through the area through the day tomorrow will clear out behind that system, and that should leave behind some really nice conditions by tomorrow afternoon. Wednesday looks very nice. We'll drop that humidity back down, bring back some sunshine, and have high temperatures only topping out in the upper 70s. For today, low to middle 80s, a 40% chance for showers or storms. Every county in the Houston area has been placed under a stay-at-home order. Now, for more on our rights, while this is still in effect, we want to bring in Professor Dietrich von Biedenfeld with the University of Houston downtown. He joins us now live via Zoom. Good morning, doctor. Exactly what are the rights that we have, even though we're under this administrative order from municipalities as well as counties? Good morning. 
Well, basically, your rights will remain substantially the same as they would otherwise. We have constitutionally protected inalienable rights, such as free speech, um, and of course, limited rights to assemble. And we have precedent for limiting those rights in times of emergency or, or health crisis like we're experiencing now. So overall, your, your, your basic human rights are going to remain the same. Uh, particularly if you participate in essential activities, such as you do in the news media, um, providing those resources, you're going to be permitted to go to work. You're going to be permitted to uh, share comments with friends and go to the grocery store. However, there are certain limitations on those rights now for public health and safety. And some of those rights uh, or restrictions, as I've mentioned, are already existing in precedent. That is, if you talk about bombs at the airport, if you yell fire, uh, that's the classic example in a movie theater, you are already subject to prosecution. So some of those uh, increased or enhanced restrictions on how you exercise those rights are really what we're seeing in these orders. Now, you mentioned essential, essential businesses. How does one know whether they are working with an essential business? Well, fortunately, the uh, Harris County and other surrounding counties have enumerated very specific guidelines um, that provide umbrella categories to uh, grocery stores, etc. So you can always check on the official sites of the counties or cities in which you reside to verify whether or not your business is essential. But to some degree, um, sports and outdoors uh, provide, you know, service providers have self-designated as essential. So after you check the official website, if you're still unclear, typically your employer is going to make a determination as to whether um, that organization believes it's providing an essential service under the uh, umbrella categories of grocery stores, big box re retailers, again, news media, uh, and so forth. So first, uh, you can always look at those websites, but typically your organization and, and, and their lawyers are going to work together to determine whether or not they deem themselves as an essential uh, provider of goods or services under the order. Okay, we can go to a grocery store, we can do those uh, essential services, so to speak, but can someone get arrested though? Absolutely. And remember that uh, much of our legal system is designed as a preventative measure. It's not a be-all, end-all to enforcing what I consider good old Texas manners. So we have a basic understanding in this region, at least, of courtesy and common sense that now has some stricter uh, legal enforcement mechanisms behind it. If you've flown to Japan or Hawaii, you filled out some self-disclosure forms uh, regarding what you're bringing onto those islands. That's with finite resources, you can't check everyone's bag for seeds or, or even steak uh, baby babies or anything like that, right? So we have a certain uh, self-regulation obligation under these uh, orders, uh, including the self-quarantine orders that recently came out from Governor Abbott's office. And if you violate those, you may be able to get away with it like you do speeding, but you're putting others at risk. And if you are caught, you could be arrested for up to 180 days under state and county guidelines and or uh, be uh, have a levy uh, fine of $1,000 uh, against you. So you could have one, the other, or both. And that means that that officer discretion, and we have about 60 law enforcement agencies in the Harris County area. So any one of those constable's office, uh, sheriff's office employees that believes that you are in violation of this order 
could be prosecuting you. And if you are in a business that sells this designated essential, um, but is, is not, uh, yes, sir. We're running out of time. Thank you so very much for joining us. And uh, the information that you had is very critical for many of our viewers. So once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Symptoms in people who catch coronavirus.